This is episode 635 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's podcast, I visit with Fernando Aguirre of The Modern Survivalist. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is usually an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website. But from time to time, I interview members of the preparedness community who can bring a ton of value and information to your preparedness. Links for this podcast can be found in the show notes or on theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website, so you know you can trust it. Other benefits include members-only videos and periodic webinars. This is a great value for $20 a year. For more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this episode. We have a really great one for you. You know, I record the the podcast on Sunday evenings, and this was uh, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday for us. It was a very weird one, very different. We did our online church service that we've been doing for the last month, but this is the first time where we didn't gather with family, you know, outside of our immediate family. So it's a really different one, and I'm sure a lot of you are experiencing that or experience that as well. Just very different. And so, you know, hang in there because I know in a way it's kind of like, this is a time for family and this is what we've always done and we, we're not experiencing it. And so there's a little bit of that loss there, but hopefully you have that ability to be able to contact through phone and even through video conferencing. I know that we have done that ourselves so that, you know, parents and grandparents can see, you know, the faces of, of their, you know, of, of each other. And so uh, hopefully you have some of that and you're able to utilize a little bit of that But we are living in very crazy times, very curious times right here, regardless of what side that you stand on as far as where the coronavirus is and and how that's affecting our lives and our civil liberties, really, uh, our freedoms that we experience. And so I wanted to ask Fernando Aguirre on because he comes to us from just a different understanding and different backgrounds coming from the economic collapse in Argentina. He's lived in Ireland. Currently, he's living in Spain. And I really wanted to get another take. I know Spain has been hit very severely with uh, COVID-19 and there's a lot of deaths there. So I really wanted to get his take on it and what he's experiencing over there in Spain and then just get his insights because one of the things I really like about Fernando is he's very balanced in his approach to preparedness, right? He doesn't go all the way over to one side, uh, either side, you know, and, and he's very balanced in his approach. And so you know, he has a lot of great information, a lot of great uh, stuff for us just to kind of think about and to to understand. So this is the second time that he's been on the podcast. Last time he was on episode 603. I'm going to link to that if you didn't get to listen to that one. That was a great interview as well. We talked about the economic collapse in Argentina and kind of where we are right now. And, uh, you know, he brings that up again here because he, he or at least his experiences in Argentina, because this isn't the first pandemic that he's had to deal with. He has a very popular YouTube channel that I'm going to link to that uh, in the show notes, like always in the social media, because he's sharing a lot of stuff out there. 
He's got some really great books, Surviving the Economic Collapse, um, Bugging In and Relocating, which we talked very briefly about that one. And he said that's one of his his least popular books, but it does give a lot of information and it's really helped him to where he's at right now. That's kind of the mindset that he took when he was moving where where he is currently and and how he looked at all of that. So very important if you are thinking about moving to a different place. We touched very briefly on his street his new book Street Survival Skills, which is a great great book and uh, if you if you're looking for a good preparedness book, it's a very great practical preparedness book that you should uh, check out. And then again, we talked about uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, what he's seeing in Spain, his thoughts on the virus, and then moving forward, you know, are we going to see riots, protests, violence in the streets, his ideas and his thoughts on that. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our interview with Fernando Aguirre of The Modern Survivalist. Hey, Fernando, welcome to or welcome back to the Prepper Website Podcast. Hey, Todd, it's great to be talking with you again, man. All right. Well, yeah, I, I, I wanted you to come on the podcast to talk a little bit about what you're seeing in Spain as far as the coronavirus and, you know, take, get your take on it. Because uh, when I look at Spain and I look at Spain's numbers, I mean, your population is, is 47 million people. Um, if I looked at the numbers today when I'm recording this, uh, there was 157,000 plus that were confirmed that had the coronavirus. Um, there's 15,843 deaths and 55,668 that have recovered. And so, um, you know, that, that those numbers are really high for a population of 47 million compared to where we are in America. I mean, you know, we, we see it. We see it definitely in the United States and those numbers are climbing but our population is a lot greater. I think we're at 327 million population. So uh, with all that said, what are your views on the coronavirus? Is it a bunch of media hysteria or is it something to be concerned about? Yeah, that, that was for a long time. We were talking about just before. That, that was for a long time. And in the prepper community, you had people that took it very seriously, that this is the end of the world. We're all going to be dying. You had people on the other side that said, this is, not, this is a nothing burger. This is a... Just a, just, just a flu, bro, you know, all those. So you had like a very wide variety, a, a, very, a very big spectrum. It turns out that it's, as always, it's something in between, which is a global pandemic. It is, and a global pandemic is no joke. It is definitely not. It is, I would say, it's a lot more dangerous than people that underestimated this completely and thought it was just a flu, bro. And because that's what ended up causing so many deaths. Unfortunately, um, some people may have overreacted. Absolutely, but the truth is that the the virus itself is it's a very serious threat. It is it spreads very easily, a lot more easily than it was at first led to believe by the World Health Organization. At first, then they change their tune. The World Health Organization, the WHO, is a mess. They they have zero credibility. They're they're in bed with China. We all know that. The virus is very real, and it's, it's kind of scary to see people that think it's a hoax, you know? I mean, I guess that's – a lot of people already must know someone that has gone down with it, that is at least sick with it. I don't know how you can still believe it's a hoax when you have people dying left and right. And you're asking about here in Spain. Here in Spain, you have a, a socialist president. He's as far left as you can possibly get. And the guy and his entire government were – 
we're along those those lines of yeah, this is nothing. This is just a flu, bro. This is no big deal. Everything up to nor like normal. We're we're having you know holiday season. It's gonna be great. We have the women's march for Women's Day. We're gonna be having those rallies. Millions of people in the street. And this was already known to be a very big problem. But the political decision was made, and this is something that other countries have done as well. And in the United States, it's the same thing. Do we do we stop the the economy and destroy the economy, well, maybe not destroy because it's taking a huge hit, but it's not being destroyed. Do we stop the economy and lose billions of dollars and cause lots of poverty and lots of pain and suffering and death? Or uh, do we carry on as normal and just take the hit in terms of deaths? People die every day anyway. If it's just a beep in the radar, we're, we're good. That is a gamble that here in Spain they took and it was a disaster because they went with this policy of nothing to see here, carry on. And you could even see even the spread among social media, some of the, those elements coming down from, from up, right? The spreading of there's nothing to see here, everything is fine. And the, the famous two weeks later, people started getting very sick. Lots, the, the number just went like that. And then two weeks after that, because it takes... It takes about a month for someone to die from this. A couple of weeks, give or take, until he's showing signs of infection. Then he ends up in the hospital. You know, if you're the, uh, among the unlucky crowd, then if you're uh, on the even worse crowd, you end up dying. And those numbers just skyrocketed. It happened in Italy, but Italy was kind of like the first Western country to go down with this bad. Spain has no excuse. They just fail completely. But it's even surprising. For example, in UK, they had that similar attitude of, we're going to be going with business as usual, nothing, nothing to see here. And they have family over there, and, and it's been a, a thousand dead in the last 24 hours. So the only solution you have here is social distancing, quarantine. That's the only thing that works. I think that in the United States, you're going to be seeing numbers keep going up and up and up, and it's, this is going to be bad for everyone. No one's going to get out of this safely. No, no, no one is getting out of this from scratch. I don't yeah. see it. No, I, and I do agree with you. I think we're at the point where uh, everyone is seeing someone at least or they know someone who has died. Right. Yeah, and, and, or they've gotten sick and, and even died. And yeah. um, I know that it hasn't necessarily touched my community. Uh, I work in the school district, and so that's one thing that we keep saying. You know, in, inside yeah. of our community, we don't have anyone yet, but in the Harris County, uh, the Houston city limits, yes, there's been, you know, I think there's – in the area at the time of this recording, there's been like 77 deaths, which is still, I guess, low for, for Harris County and our population, but still, you know, it, that's somebody's life. And, you know, what do you, what do you do with that? Um, one of the things that, that I always consider is my parents are older and they do have some health problems. And so we've been very careful. It, it's, uh, you know, my mom, uh, she's felt really sad because she hasn't been able, you know, we would get together one or two times a week to eat and they would come over and we would, you know, cook for them and all that kind of stuff. And they haven't been able to do that or see the kids. And we've been able to do some things through zoom and, and you know, things like that to be able to talk and they can see each other's faces, but it's still, you know, you've, you've got it's people th that are, that are, uh, having, you know, having trouble kind of getting on with this, you know, and then yeah. you see other people that just don't care. Like you were saying, uh, in with the parades in, in Spain, 
you know, here in New Orleans, they had the Mardi Gras, and and now we That's see that it's an, it's an epicenter, right? It, it, there's a lot of people that are sick and 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 having issues over there. So can you can you talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing uh, as far as boots on the ground in Spain? Can, I yeah. mean, what are you seeing on on a regular day? Well, there's there's those two sides. Spain is a, is an interesting place because at sometimes it looks like everything is a huge mess and everything is super bureaucratic or like this, this big mistake of ignoring this problem, uh, which caused thousands of deaths. And there's already now, politically speaking, there's the, the right parties, you know, the, the right-leading parties, the conservative parties in Spain, they broke the news that there's likely twice as many deaths because they looked at the numbers of the average deaths you would get like any given year, and they noticed, wait a minute, this isn't just uh, 15,000. There's 30,000 additional deaths that they... They're just not in the radar here. What's going on? And they started digging, digging, and digging, and they realized that there's a lot of people that died that are not written down as coronavirus. And on the other hand, in our community, the prepper community, you have, you have the guys spreading these little messages of, yeah, there was a guy that died in a car crash, and he's written down as coronavirus. That's maybe one, two, three guys. But the amount of people that had honestly died from coronavirus that are not being written down around the world is overwhelming. There's likely here in Spain, they, they, they expose that er, very early on. I think that around the world, we're going to be seeing the same thing happen. And keep in mind with, with the Spanish flu, you, you probably know this, the Spanish flu didn't originate in Spain. Spain was the one that, op- that made the, broke the, the news regarding the, the flu. Um, wouldn't be surprised if you see numbers. Numbers are not uh, exaggerated, which is something that uh, a lot of people in our community think. Numbers are being downplayed greatly. That's, that's the truth. And one of the, the other things you hear a lot is two weeks from now. You know, like, uh, wait until two weeks. And the thing with this virus is because of this characteristic of delaying how it's showing symptoms, you're always two weeks behind. You're always two. So when you have uh, 100 dead, you already have a lot of people that you're only going to be knowing about two weeks from now. And in those two weeks, you're still two weeks behind on everything. So the, the virus, it's always two weeks ahead of you in everything that ends up, ends up doing. So that is very tough. Now, here in Spain, answering your question, the, the, the thing they did write is once it became very clear that their, the number of deaths were overwhelming, they went with a full-on quarantine for everyone. Everyone is in their house nationwide. And now you're starting to see that it's just maybe 1% growth a day or something like that. Uh, eventually, this is going to be working and flattening, the, the famous flattening of the curve with everyone nationwide with a full-on quarantine. Yeah, it is terrible economically speaking, but at least uh, you, you start controlling it a little bit more. Are people, are people losing their jobs? Uh, are they going to the grocery yeah. store? Are they, you yeah. know, are you hearing about all that kind of stuff? There's people that are, have completely you know, lost it. If you had anything, well, this is in Spain, France, any, most of uh, Italy, most of these countries they have a lot of tourism. You know, tourism out, around the world, I think France is number one. France is a country that has the most tourists uh, per year, I believe. Spain is number two, if, if I'm not mistaken. So these are countries that rely a lot on tourism. Tourism is now dead. There's nothing. Um, People in Spain love going out, eating, very typical for, for locals, you know, dead already. Uh, so all of these things, everything, retail, shopping, uh, 
nothing. There, there's nothing going on. Uh, like this, this uh, Easter week. Easter is a very, very big holiday in Spain because of the Catholic thing. It's a very big uh, holiday that everyone takes advantage of. People like going out. Lots, lots of local tourism. Nothing. It's all suspended. So the economic impact is, is massive. It's going to be massive around the world, but yes, specifically here and everywhere else, it is, it is quite bad. Um, there are things being, for example, uh, power, water, services, even internet, uh, it's not being cut anymore. If you don't, don't pay, it's, it's not being cut. There's some incentives for people to get by because lots of people just, you know, millions have lost their jobs with this, millions across the country. Um, then uh, Spanish people are very well organized when it comes down to staying level-headed. Um, there was very little panic buying, maybe a few longer lines, maybe a few empty shelves for a few days, but now everything is fully stocked. And I go maybe once a week. I wear my mask, my protection equipment, but once a week to buy some fresh produce, uh, replace, uh, not using the, the stock that I have. And it's maybe five people waiting online, and you're you go in like they allow like uh, uh, 20, 30 people in the store at a time. So when one leaves, uh, the next one can go in. Everyone keeping their distance. You are giving gloves before going in. You are giving a little bit of alcohol gel so as to wash your hands before going inside and touching anything. And everyone respects that. No one panics. No. They're very organized in that regard. Uh, people are well-behaved in terms of not rioting, not you know, causing trouble. That, that is a, a very positive thing. That's good. That's, that's good to hear. I mean, that's not always uh, the case here no. in the United States. We have different pockets. Um, for the most part, you know, people are uh, pretty well-behaved, I guess, you know, and respectful of, of each other. But there are pockets of that, which uh, can be concerning. Well, maybe we'll talk about that here in a little bit. So as, as this was gearing up and, and you know, yeah. uh, a lot of us were watching this for a while. I, I know that I started tracking it in early January, middle of January, as, as I was hearing about China and, and those types of things. As you were paying attention to what was coming, did you yeah. notice that other people around you, uh, not necessarily online, but other people in Spain, did you notice that they started paying attention as well? Or when did the public there in Spain really become aware that the virus uh, was something that needed to be taken seriously? Well, in the case of Spain, and I think it's in the case of, of the United States as well, the, the public was very much uh, misled by, by the officials, you know, because what was coming up down from the government here in Spain was, this is nothing, we don't have that, uh, you know, we had the, the Minister of Health or whatever his name is, he, he came out in, in you know, press conference, this is no big deal. We have a couple of imported cases from Italy. We have no local uh, incidents here in Spain. We, we can track the couple of cases we have. So it's, we're in a, in a, um, a, in a phase of, con of uh, containing what we have here, but it's all very much contained and there's no local spread. That was another, another key word. There's no local spread. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's no social spreading of this. And people, most people are not preppers. Most people are not survivalists. Most people don't distrust their government. Most people trust, uh, well, maybe in the United States, there's a little bit more of, yeah, I, I naturally tend to distrust the government, especially from more of the, of the right-leaning uh, population. There's a little bit more of an ingrained thing of, you know, 
uh, I don't trust the government all that much. That would be more of a typical uh, center to right thing, right? In, in our parts of the world, most people, left and right, tend to trust their governments. And if they're being told, don't worry, they just don't worry. They're not as naturally distrustful as, which I think is a good thing, obviously within, within certain measure, I'm a naturally distrustful person. In my case specifically, I had a bit of a run with the H1N1 in Buenos Aires. The H1N1 virus hit Buenos Aires particularly bad because another socialist government also said that the H1N1 was, was something that only affected Europe and the imperialistic countries <laughs> of North America. But we don't have any of that here in, in Argentina. And of course, it was a lie. And because they lied and they had no, um, nothing was spread in the media in terms of uh, precautionary methods, uh, um, advice, you know, coughing right, um, it within, within your elbow, or uh, people were not made aware of any of this, and it hit particularly bad. And in my kid's school, uh, a kid died, and an employee in the school died. They ended up suspending classes. And we ended up running out of alcohol, gel, uh, face masks, all of that. So from that moment on, I've always kept a very close eye on anything that was pandemic-related. Uh, anything that was kind of maybe potentially dangerous, I kept an eye on it on how it was spreading. Uh, January 20th, I had a, an interview with uh, David Jones for my channel, who's an expert in nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare in deals with this sort of thing a lot. And we were already talking about the coronavirus January 20th in my channel. Wow. Yeah. So you were, you were uh, ahead of it. I think a lot of us in the preparedness yeah. community were paying attention, you know, and it's yeah. one of those things. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw, I always talk about it. The, uh, I think it was a national uh, geographic documentary on, uh, it was called after Armageddon. And yeah. that was the one that got my wife, you know, focused on, on, um, preparedness because it, it's one of those things that start it started the dominoes to fall now yeah. I mean this this thing hasn't hasn't progressed like that documentary and it, it's not I guess as bad but I mean there is there is definitely going to be damage so when you when you look at Spain right now and you're paying attention to what everything that's going on is there anything that concerns you what are you paying attention to right now what what you know your spidey senses when they yeah. uh, you know w when they start tingling what are you looking for well, on a more personal level, like my family and such, we're in a very good position. We're in a good place. Well, because this is what I do. I do survival and preparedness, so we were pretty much very well prepared. There's always little things that you, for example, I didn't have enough gloves. I had a couple boxes, but I soon realized that, man, if this goes on for a full year, and, I'm, and for a full year I'm not finding any gloves, I don't have enough. Fortunately, I, I, I got lucky and snatched a few that that I found in, a, in, a, in the store. And you know, there's always little things to work on. Now, the thing that's gonna be a, of course, first of all, not catching the virus and going out as little as possible. Well, here you're not, I mean, if they see you walking around, cops will just approach you, sir, what are you doing? We're in a full lockdown. There's people get hand, being handed out fines. There's people that have been arrested for ignoring the quarantine. If they see you that you are, you know, not, not, not going through with it, you get in trouble. Um, eventually, the, the, the problem regarding the, the, the pandemic will get over it, and with a little bit of luck and sleeping well 
uh, vitamin C, uh, eating healthy, exercising, all this, this stuff that we know, we're, we're going to be getting through it. But the economic aspect will be huge. The economic impact around the world will be terrible. Because airlines are collapsing left and right, uh, the markets are just out. Uh, and the only thing is uh, seeing how much damage it does to the actual production sector in terms of uh, food production. For example, in, in UK, they, uh, they are missing 30,000 workers to pick up the fruit that's rotten, rotting in the, in the fields. Uh, in Spain, they're a little bit better prepared because more, it's more of a, of, a, of a food production country, so there's a lot of and that's a sector that's exempted from the quarantine. So that's, um, that's still going on. And that also translates to shelves that are full. You know, you go here and you find everything. You find toilet paper, you find fresh meat, fresh fruit, you find everything. Um, I have family in London that are telling me a very different story. There's a lot of things that are lacking. And depending on where you are, if there's lack of local production, and, and you know this very well, countries are now attacking one another. If I produce masks, I'm not giving it to you. If I produce this, I'm not giving it to you either. And it's every man to himself and just <laughs> fighting one another to see uh, who, who gets uh, beaten the, less, the least. So that's a complicated situation to be in. Uh, the, the economic impact will likely be, be terrible, to be frank. So that, that's what you're paying attention to. That's what you're moving forward yeah. with uh, as... as you, uh, you see this thing progressing. You know, uh, you mentioned it already a little bit, but going through this big, you know, SHTF event in Argentina, uh, this yeah. economic collapse, and then now here you are in Spain. Uh, I didn't realize that you had gone through the H1N1 or, or y'all were affected with that. Um, you know, when, when you're in Spain and this stuff is starting, are you like, what was going through your mind, man? What was like, a, come on, a, a, again? What is it, you know? Well, the thing is, I, I, I'd rather be here through this than being in Argentina for sure. Uh, I'd rather be here, honestly, than being in, in, in most places in, in, in America where I don't see people that are really taking it as seriously as they should. I mean, I would be freaking out right now if I see everyone around me not taking it seriously. At least here, I, I go to a store and there's not a... I mean. A few weeks ago, uh, I was a guy with, with, with a mask <laughs> and no one else was wearing it. The moment uh, this, be this became, uh, you know, uh, people realized what was going on, there's not a person out there without. Maybe there's maybe an older person that couldn't get one or they're improvising something. But one out of 20, maybe, uh, that's, you know, 19 out of 20 people are wearing masks, gloves, and glasses. You see that all the time. So... I like that. I actually want people around me to take this seriously and start protecting themselves. Um, when I came specifically to this part of Spain, one of the aspects uh, I was looking at was it's a place that hasn't got all that much of a large population and what it has is mostly seasonal because of tourism. If there's a very big SHTF whatever, um, the infrastructure is more than capable to handle the actual real local community it's a place where it has fantastic weather, and that has proven all of those, many of those speculations have proven to be correct so far, because this is one of the least, where I am right now, it's one of the least um, affected parts of, of all of Spain. It's probably a lot less than in, in many 
comparing comparing it for um, to some of the larger cities uh, some of the larger city centers that are hit a lot worse but i know for a fact that our local medical services are well capable of dealing with it um, and you know this is where preparation makes a big difference if you think about all this stuff before living in, the, in one place or another when things go south this way um, they, they prove to be a big advantage you know you, you avoid uh, new york city because it is the capital and it's where things would be likely worse and in fact it turns out that new york city is one of the worst places to be in um, at the same time uh, reading in the different forums and comments, some of the people that are very isolated are also kind of struggling right now, uh, either because of delays in the, the delivery of, of mail that they, they may have taken for granted at some time, and now it's not working all, all as well. And looking ahead in the future, economically, if you have to find another job, if you are out of work, uh, maybe the local community you have is not providing that, and you may end up having to move. You know, all things that go along the, um, the the kind of preparedness I try to promote. Well, and um, I know that we weren't planning on talking about this, but all that stuff is in your book, uh, Bugging Out and Relocating, right? The process that you went through yeah. when you moved from Argentina to, yes. uh, to Ireland and then to Spain and the thought process that you went through yeah. as far as finding, finding where you were going to stay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's a little bit – it's, it's my second book is my least best-sold book. It's boring to think about all of these things, um, but it is so important. I, I think it's so critical, especially deciding where you're going to be living is, is key, it's essential, um, because it, it puts you in a much better position. If you do it right, you, you kind of get the idea of you need that Goldilocks in-between point of not being in a big metropolis, not being in the middle of nowhere because that has lots of disadvantage as well. So you find something of a community that's large enough for everything that you need, small enough so as to have, uh, so as to avoid lots of the things you don't want to have, and finding that good uh, in between points. Now, my, my last book, Street Survival Skills, um, uh, having had the experience of H1N1, I wrote about that in terms of making your own hand sanitizer, having those N95 respirators, uh, how you would be preparing uh, when going out and about during a pandemic. Um, that is something that I, I wrote in my last book, and I translated it to Spanish, and it, it's actually the best-selling uh, survival book in Spanish, fortunately. And a lot of people, I'm getting messages every single day. I'm not exaggerating, not kidding. Uh, thank you messages from people that bought the book and had all this stuff because of it. So that, that's, that's nice as well. You have a lot of uh, great stuff in there, you know. Uh, I was looking at it the other day, preparing for um, for the uh, and and we weren't going to be talking about it. I got my copy right here and preparing Did for you the. Like uh, it? Oh yeah, no, it's great, you know. And uh, I think we talked about it last time uh, as well. But uh, I mean, I don't know if people can see the the <laughs> graphics, you know. And this is the um, well, you're talking about the seven circles of preparedness. Yeah. And you said, you know, your second book was boring, but sometimes preparedness is boring, right? Yeah. We, we, we yeah. want the, uh, the sexy stuff, the gear and all that kind of stuff. When you talk about the seven circles of preparedness, the first one is mindset. 
And, you know, people like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to have to think through all this. I don't want to have to try to process all this. I want to go right to what do I need? Uh, I've been yeah. getting those type of emails. Like what gear, what, what else do I need? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. In fact, Thanks. I just, I got one of those, one of those, uh, emails just just the other day and I'm like wait you don't don't jump right into all the things you, they were they were buying stuff they told me that they had bought stuff that I'm like you do not, you do not need that right now that's not something you need to be spending money on there's more important things to be be processing and so I tried to to help them but you know seven circles with mindset, you know, a strong, healthy body, that's boring to a lot, you know, that's the second circle. That's boring to a lot of people. But yeah. that's what really pays off over time is when you start thinking about those things and you really have those things active in your life. Yeah, and especially in terms of, well, one of the things I talk about in, the, in, in this last book is, you know, and this goes directly into mindset is be distrustful of everything that you see, read everywhere. Make up your own mind. And this is key to this specific aspect. Look how they lie to people about masks not being useful, that you should not wear respirators or face masks or anything. That, that was always a lie. That's always been a lie. And, and they just said it. They said it around the world. I, I've been hours and hours every day on, hanging on, on the internet, lit, reading everywhere. Every country said the same thing. You don't need those. They don't work. No, 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 no. They would explain that the virus is too small. It's still going to be going through. And, and now all of a sudden, yes, yeah, get, get yourself. <laughs> now they're making it mandatory in places where they said it, it was not necessary. In Argentina, for example, they went from saying you, you shouldn't buy it, you don't need it. It's actually worse if you get it to many places where now it's mandatory to have it. But if, if you have critical thinking, if you distrust everything and you make up your own mind, you look for your own information, you, you ask yourself, why is it that I'm being told this? Now, if you do that exercise of why is it I'm being told this, you would soon realize that I'm being told this because this is something that's lacking. They're out of stock. They need these for, per, for medical personnel, and they don't want people rushing and buying and outbidding them when they're trying to buy it for people that are really dying and need it immediately. Now, that, that's looking at the more social aspect of it, but on a personal freedom level, I want to know uh, that, yes, this stuff works and it protects me, and that's important. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, a, lot of, a lot of good points right there. And uh, so hopefully everybody that's listening really understands that the boring aspect of, of preparedness yeah. is the most important and uh, getting, getting that – thought process through and uh, having that. So uh, I'm glad you said that. You know, I had, I had someone on the podcast not too long ago, a friend of mine who was a counselor, and we talked about um, the stress and the anxiety of all the things that are going on right now. Uh, and I know I've got people that I, that, that I know that are really stressed out. And even, you know, we've been on meetings and they have broken down. Um, how is your, how's your family doing? Um, you know, have they approached this a little bit better because you were prepared or is it still one of those things like, man, this, we, we don't like this. We, we want, we want to, you know, <laughs> jump into the next thing or whatever. Well, it, like wife, kids, that we, we're great. I mean, to be honest, we're, um, my, my kids are tough. They, they've moved around from one place to the other. They, they, they're pretty resilient kids. Uh, so they're taking all of this very well. It is true that, you know, when, when you're locked down, for example, I, I see the beach from my window and I cannot go there because it's, you know, you're, you're just not allowed. If, if they catch you 
uh, sunbathing. <laughs> Cops come and get, come on, you know, what are you doing right now? <laughs> so it's a, it's a bit um, boring. Fortunately, you know, we have the, uh, you know, the, the yard and kids go out and you know, with, with a nice weather, you, you enjoy that still. Um, but it is stressed and it is stressful if you just get hold on the news like a lot. Um, you, you kind of have to regulate that a little bit because if all you're getting is, you know, a thousand people died today, a thousand people died today. And yes, today we had only 600 people dying. And the following day is now we have a thousand people dying again. And it is, dear God, it's never going to be ending. It, it is, I mean, Todd, it, it, it is a global pandemic that's going to be killing, likely when this is all said and done, it's going to be killing millions of people around the world. That is most likely what's going to be happening. And the truth about all of this, there's lots of things that people don't even know so as to advise you. I mean, with a virus that seems to be changing a lot, in some countries it, it, it goes after younger people more or it affects younger people more. In others, in Italy it was, but for example, in Italy it was mostly senior, older people. And that was mostly because it started spreading. One of the focal points was, it actually a rural, one of the first Italians to get infected was a farmer. And he started spreading it in his own community, which was an older population center. Then on the other hand, in, in Germany, it started spreading because of some guys that got it in a, in a ski center. And they're speculating that he would, these were younger, more fit people. And that meant that some of those initial hotspots were among younger, healthier people because it was starting in a, in a ski resort. A lot of these things are just speculations and we just don't know. Same way with the mortality rate. You have China that has been dishonest about this all along. So it is all so new and we don't have the, the data so as to have a actual good solid numbers. I mean, this is very similar to H1N1. And only a year or two later can you see at least some of what really went down. Uh, right now you're just uh, shooting like in the dark. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think sometimes people forget that really th we haven't been in this. I mean, it feels no. when you're, when you are at home and you're sheltering in place or locked down or whatever, you know, the, the term is th that is being used, it feels like a lot longer. People start forgetting the day, like what day is it and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But when you really think about it, if you just start tracking it from the middle of January, it's only been three months in the time from the time of this recording, you know, and you know, it's, it's been a very small amount of time when they talk about vaccines and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they're, they're usually always saying 18 months out and yeah. you have all these things that are going there. There's still a lot of information that we don't know and how it, how it, um, you know, how it attacks and, and there's just always new things. You know, one thing that you're not hearing about that, at least I, I haven't seen it, I haven't gone looking for it, but I'm concerned about some of those poor uh, nations, poor countries like Africa or, you know, continents like Africa, where they might not have all the things of the Western society. And, you know, they're going to be, if it, if it gets a foothold there, it's going to run rampant, you know, and on top of that, they're dealing with uh, the locusts, you know, we're not even talking about all that, you know, there's all, there's on top of everything else, it, we're, we're living in a, in a time where, you know, we, we're getting ready to start heading into hurricane season where I live, right? Yeah. And so you have all the, all the other stuff that, uh, that goes into it that we need to be thinking about it uh, or thinking about and, and stuff like that. So, all right, so where do you see this thing going? 
um, right now where, where it's at. Where do you see it's going? Do you think there will be civil unrest? Do you see riots? Do you see big time collapse? Uh, or do you see we just kind of keep going and uh, just chugging right along? Man, it's, there, there's no simple answer for that because it's going to be depending on exactly where you are, what country you are in, what specific part of the country you are in as well. If you're in New York City, I would be very concerned. If, I, if you were living in, in New York City, yeah, you know, it, it's, have you seen the, the, the trenches you're digging for, for the dead in, in our island? Oh, yeah. Look at, yeah. Look at the size of the trench. It, it, for people that don't know, digging is not cheap, and it takes a lot of time and a lot of work. If they're digging that size of, of a trench and they dug two of those, they're expecting a lot of people to put in those. Um, and some places have reacted in a more violent way than others. Some of the larger population centers in certain countries are likely to see a lot of civil unrest. Where I am from, from in Argentina, this is going to be terrible. You were mentioning before, like poor nations, third world countries, that sort of thing. Argentina is a country that does not have the kind of infrastructure that Italy, Spain, United States, or none of these, any of these countries have. A lot of folks, this I'm surprised by some of folks in the internet, I, I guess it's not, but a lot of people thought that Italy had a poor healthcare system. Italy has one of the more solid healthcare systems in the planet with some of the healthiest people in the world. The life expectancy in Italy and Spain are up top five in the planet. These are people that are unusually healthy, not unusually unhealthy with an unusually bad healthcare system. And in spite of all that, the amount of people are dying. This just shows you that I don't think anyone's going to be coming out of this in scratch. Uh, and especially countries in South America right now, you have to add to this that they're looking at the start of winter. They're going to be peaking with, with this in the middle of winter. That is going to be a disaster plus uh, a collapse, an already collapsed economy and infrastructure and medical. I have people on Instagram contacting me from all, all over the world. I get messages every single day from doctors, nurses, cops on the, on the street, from Argentina, from all over Europe, from all over the United States. Fernando, I'm here and this is what I'm seeing. So I'm fortunate that I, that I well, I guess it's, it's the same for you. you. You have input from all sorts of places. Um, but um, some of the, the things are, I'm being told regarding Argentina and South America in general, I mean, where was it, in Ecuador, that people are just dying on the street? Yeah, uh, I, I believe I saw that, yes. I, I, and, and the official number is they have only 100 dead. The thing is, they're not being tested. If you don't test anyone, um, this is something also that's very good. People have to understand, if you're not testing in mass, you know, like widespread, you have no idea. Even in Italy, where they are doing lots of testing, and they are one of the, they were like the first Western country that started with this. Even in Italy, they're saying that the actual number of infected is likely ten times more. This is official statement from the government in Italy: is likely ten times more than we've actually tested. It is very complicated, and it's not going to be easy for anyone. No. So do you, do you see, I mean, I know that you talked about it depends on where you yeah. are. Um, are you there to, any hot spots right now that you're, that you're considering like, man, I know you said New York, but yeah. is there anything that would, and, and maybe just a general thing 
of, hey, be on the lookout for this. Right. Be, be on the lookout for this. Know your history, wherever it is that you are. It doesn't matter if it's the United States, in whatever state you are. I mean, maybe you live in some super safe little community in Maine that no one ever rioted and no one ever, there's hardly a crime once a year. Okay, there's a good chance you won't see any riot. Now, if you live in a city that has seen widespread rioting, you're likely to see widespread rioting yet again because this is the kind of thing that causes widespread rioting. When people start dying left and right, when you take your mom to the hospital and she just dies on the stairs or on the door because there's no way, no, no place for putting her, when your, your loved ones are being thrown into a trench because there's no way of disposing of the bodies, this is all the, thing, the kind of thing that gets, gets solved very fast. So if you are in a place that is known to have some civil unrest, and then on top of that you have tensions that are political, racial tensions in some parts, all of that adds up. This just makes everything worse. Um, in, in Spain in particular, it's not a, a country where there's been, I mean, I don't think there's ever been looting, that sort of thing. I, I can't remember last time there ever was anything like that. Maybe in, in Barcelona would be the place where there's been some of that regarding uh, political problems in recent history. Uh, but again, Spanish people uh, are are known for being pretty organized when things start getting crappy. Uh, you know, they're loud and, and, uh, and all that uh, when, when there's uh, parties and football matches and all that stuff, but when things start getting complicated, usually they, they kind of put it together. Now, if you live in a place where that's not traditionally what goes on when things get serious, then expect more, more problems. In Argentina, it's kind of like a joke. Okay, when do we start looting? You know? <laughs> because they're waiting for it. And I'm being sent footage from different parts in Argentina where, in fact, there's already looting going on. It is not as widespread or it's not as portrayed in the media as much, but I've been sent footage that is very much original because I can tell um, from places that, yeah, you know, they started looting this place and that, and it's only going to be getting worse. And there's a, Todd, there's a, a thing regarding the numbers. If, the, if those numbers are not reflecting the reality uh, at all, for example, in Ecuador, where you have, in theory, 100 dead, but you have people rotting you on the streets, eventually it catches up with you. you. You cannot hide that many dead. It's just a matter of time to see how things go in each specific place. Yeah, and, I don't, and the thing is, is that that doesn't stop when – the, the virus gets under control because you, you have on top of that the economic collapse yeah. or the economic situation. People can't, if they can't find jobs, if they starting, they're starting to struggle, their family is starting to struggle, yeah. I can see where it goes. And, and that's something to really keep an eye out. So a lot of good points right there. Um, what, what should people in the U.S. Uh, or those who don't have the virus as bad as, as you know, what we're seeing right now, um, or maybe they're isolated. What would you suggest that they'd be doing right now at this moment? Buy, buy a gas mask for crying out loud. <laughs> Get one. I, I'm surprised by people. Are, are you sure I should be buying? It's like 50 bucks, man. Just do yourself a favor. Stop anything you're doing right now. Go get yourself a gas mask. Buy a 3M one or, or um, you know, maybe careful with those, some of the military surplus ones, some of those are, are being sold right now, are completely rotten and have the valves or all, all messed up. 
But if you can find a, a 3M gas mask and uh, use some uh, P100 or N100 uh, filters or N99 or anything that's N95 or, or better particle filters, that's what you need. And the, the thing with a gas mask is you can keep using it for, I mean, if you have to go to grocery stores. Okay, I, I have a, a pile of food. I don't have to go to groceries. Okay, but you still have to go to a bank for whatever. You still have to go to a job, interview, thing. There's always something that you have to take care of that you cannot, you cannot completely isolate for the entire duration of this thing. You're, I, I don't know of many people that... <laughs> that are not going to be going completely nuts, that can completely isolate from everyone for the following year and a half. Um, so having a mask and not being shy about using it when you know it's in your best interest, that would be maybe the, the more important piece of, of advice uh, I've been giving people for, for a long time. And again, I've had people that I, I've told this a month ago, and now they're telling me, Thank you so much. Now it's going up in price three times as much, or it's just not available anymore. Uh, there's parts where it's not available anymore. There's parts where it's super expensive. But you need some personal protection equipment for this thing because it's going to be a pandemic year, year and a half, and at least, what, two or three waves, is it? A typical pandemic? And the first one is usually not the worst one. Kind of depressing, but that's, <laughs> that, that's depressing. Yeah, when yeah. you start thinking about that, because people are again, like we said earlier, they're looking at or they're hearing that yeah. the numbers are going down and all that kind of stuff, and then uh, you know yeah. to see a resurgence, uh, that would be crazy. So those that that haven't prepared as deeply, maybe maybe when they go, they're going to the store, maybe they're able to prepare a little bit better. Yeah. Are are there any places that you know of right now that are that there is a good supply of gas masks or things that maybe you've heard about, or is it just whenever you find it? Yeah, I think that Amazon is a hit and miss. Uh, I, I, I did a number of, of posts in my website, and every time I do a, a post about that sort of stuff, I, I try to add a, a link from Amazon from the affiliate link, you know, because it's, it's the, the kind of thing that allows you to support a website. And sometimes you find stuff, sometimes you don't. And some of the prices are just ridiculous. I mean, masks that used to go for 100 bucks, some of the ni nicer, fancier stuff, it's going like for 500 bucks at like an M50, like latest generation military grade mask. Those are like $400. And, you know, there's, a, there's people that have a lot of money and they don't, they don't care. They just buy anything. But most folks you know, struggling or have to be a little bit more careful and you're looking at a mask that goes for 50 bucks, man, yeah, that's, that's not super cheap. But at this stage, I just buy anything that works that, that I can afford. Um, Amazon, you have to check it. Uh, and I see this in Amazon in, in Europe as well. Uh, there's like uh, moments in which they, they have a few and they put those out for sale and they just sell out. They sell out very fast. Amazon is doing a good job at not spiking those, those prices too much, somewhat. They have some resellers that kill you. They, they're selling like the, the particle respirator for, for 50 bucks. You know, they're, they're just abusing those prices. Um, one of the things that you can try out is if you, have, if you live in a smaller community, go around your hardware store, see if they have any particle filters. You just want a particle filter. You want have something. Any of these dust masks is likely going to be a, a N95 or better than it. And this is enough for, uh, for the virus. Eye protection as well. You can even use, uh, you know, safety goggles from from your workshop. Anything that covers your eye as close, 
seal as possible, gloves, and covering your body as much as possible. As soon as you're back home, you take all of that off as if it's all infected. You leave it outside. You go and take a shower. Good stuff. What, what would you say to someone who's really scared right now? Man, it's statistically speaking, you're likely to survive. Uh, statistically, uh, numbers are on your side, right? What you can do is all of this stuff that we're talking about. You avoid the, the social distancing thing. That is, in fact, correct. This has been said uh, early on. When governments made that change of this is, the, this is a nothing burger from we're all going to die, <laughs> when that change was made, um, one of the things that was advised strongly was stay at home, social distancing. Yes, that definitely works. I mean, it's common sense. Uh, if you're not in contact with someone that is sick, and unless you touch stuff, for example, be careful with anything being delivered from Amazon. Open the box, leave it outside very carefully, you know, as if it has the plague, which it may well have. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, doing all those things, plus staying very positive, sleeping very well, eating healthy, exercising, laughing with your family, having a good time, uh, sleeping very well, vitamin C, vitamin D, um, all of these things keep on adding up and with a, bit, a little bit of luck, you're likely to go through this uh, unharmed. Then there's the, the economic aspect, which is going to be affecting even more people. But it's kind of the same thing, you know, it's kind of staying positive, finding ways around. If you lose your job, you find a new one. If, if you're struggling, you adjust your, your expenses as much as you can and you may dig into your food supply, not because of the pandemic, but because of lack of, of jobs. So lots of, your prepare, lots of your preps are still likely to be helpful during those times as well. You know, the last time that we, we had our interview, um, and I'll link to it in, in the description or the show notes, that um, we talked about having a side job, having some yeah. other way of making money. Right. And, yeah. and I, I'm hoping that people will get the idea now that it's so important to do that. So important. It, it's so important to have some, some other stream of income coming in, you know, especially right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, how important is it right now, especially anything you can do online? Man, don't even hesitate. Anything, even if you have your nine to five job, whatever, you're, you're working for someone else in whatever line, start something. Have something of your own that maybe something of a passion of yours and you're not thinking of monetizing greatly, but you never know how things turn out. All of a sudden, it may, if you like making knives, start making a few knives selling them. It's, you know, there's a lot of people that make a living out of making knives and that sort of thing. Um, and that's just a small, tiny example. There's all sorts of things that if you are a little bit creative and resourceful, you can find some kind of additional income online. And in moments like these, that's, that's priceless. You're right. Very, very well said. What would you do differently in your preparedness? If you, if you could go back to beginning of January, what would you do differently right now as far as being prepared for the, you know, COVID-19? Man, I'd probably buy another GSR respirator, the, the gas mask I wear, which is, it costs us, I, I was checking the prices online right now, it's going for like 300 bucks. That, that's you know, just crazy how, how much it's gone up. But um, you know, I, I can't complain. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty well set. Um, buying more, more of the disposable gloves, which I, I later end up coming across. Uh, 
those those would be the things. Oh yeah, one of the things buying one of the the masks from 3M. I have I have military masks. I have GSR S10, which are military masks that use the 40 millimeter 40 millimeter canister NATO one. Uh, but there's a lot of of, of cheap uh, 3M ones from the commercial masks. So I would have bought a, maybe a couple more uh, commercial 3M masks so as to have. Um, full face ones, you know, something that covers you completely, which is once you get over the way it, it looks, you realize that it provides the best protection there is. You know, you, you don't have to mess with goggles or anything. Just put the thing on. You go about your day. That's, uh, that's good. Uh, man, I don't know. I, I try to see the silver lining on, on everything. For example, we're spending more time as a family. We're, we're uh, uh, practicing, uh, doing more cooking, uh, doing some neat stuff uh, there as well, which is all, also nice. So I, I think kids get along with this uh, a little bit better. And, and if, you, if you keep your cool, there's one of the things that's being talked about a lot here in, at this, these times is lots of, of people, lots of, of couples realizing they don't get along <laughs> at all. <laughs> lots of divorces. Um, you, you have to work on that so as to get along and, and, and keep the... Uh, keep the the mood in the household uh, with those spirits up yeah you have you have to be purposeful i uh one of the things you know we always try to sit i grew up sitting down and as a family we always ate together yeah we, we eat dinner um in in modern life though sometimes you have you know you have kids working and they're not there and you have all these things going on and so that's that's the way it's been for a while, but because of, you know, where we're at right here with uh, the COVID-19 and, and sheltering in place, you know, one thing that we have been doing is, is sitting down as a family. So that's, that's nice, you know, to be able to sit down and everybody be there. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's just a little bit of time. I know that they've been playing games. I don't always like games, uh, <laughs> but uh, I've, I've tried a couple of those, but you know, that, that's always uh, good. And, uh, to have and definitely having a backyard where we can go outside and, and yeah. uh, look at the garden and, and mess around with the dogs out there. That's always fun. That, that's great. Yeah. We're doing the same thing and you know, it, it, video games, that sort of thing. Even if, if you don't like, just give it a try, see what is it that your kids like or try to look at it from their perspective and, uh, and participate there. And then when, when they've been like playing for a couple hours, you, okay, guys, let's go outside, spend some time out in the, in the, in the sun, some fresh air. Uh, I mean, enjoy that you actually have. There's a lot of people that live in an, in an apartment. There's nothing for them. There's no, there's no contact with a, a patch of grass. Nothing at all. So uh, enjoy those things, which a lot of people do not have. Very true. All right. So last question: If sure. if you were sitting across the table from a friend right now, maybe drinking some coffee, drinking a beer. And, uh, you know, you, you had this moment. What would you say to them at this moment right now in time? Man, lots, most of the things we've been talking about until now, you know, the, the, the thing about having a, um, a mask, that, that, is, that is important. I think it was, I think it's criminal the way it was downplayed, the importance of something that's so obvious. If you have a deadly virus floating in the air, you need some. Now there's talks about, those little drops of saliva with the virus hanging in the air for like three hours. So if someone with the virus was there three hours ago, we can still catch it. 
get yourself a, a mask, get yourself a, 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 a mask with disposable filter, something that gives you good protection and a good seal. Um, buy food, stock up on food if you don't have it already. There's a lot of people that don't have these things. Um, I, I would say most preppers have firearms, but one of the things I find myself advising a lot in the, in the Spanish prepper community where it's not as common is get yourself a gun. <laughs> yeah, have a firearm, at least have one, Just have something. Um, because you just don't know how things will, will, will go on. Chances are you'll never, have, you'll never need it for self-defense, but it's one of those things that if you don't have it when you need it, then you, you just cannot improvise it, or anything you improvise is not nearly as good. So uh, get yourself means of protection, get yourself uh, personal protection equipment for uh, what's going on, uh, be patient and try to keep those uh, spirits up because it's going to be a, a long uh, journey through this. Fernando, you, uh, you do a lot in the preparedness community. You're putting out a lot of information. How can people find, find you and find what you're doing out there? Can you talk to us a little bit about the things you're doing? Sure. Um, you have my YouTube channel, which is The Modern Survivalist and Supervivencia Moderna in Spanish, which is doing great, by the way. So my YouTube channel would be the main thing uh, I focus on. Then there's my website, themodernsurvivalist.com, uh, same thing. Or one of the things I'm using a lot lately is Instagram, uh, profile 308 in Instagram as well. I usually uh, reply to messages that people send me there uh, as well. And of course, my book's available on Amazon for people that want to check those out. Definitely. Well, and you're putting out a lot of content on YouTube. I mean, I, I see it all the time. Are you doing one a day right now? I'm doing a lot. People, people are liking it, are responding very well. I, I try to put something out each day, and I'm doing live streams uh, on weekends. So on this, this Sunday, 4 p.m. Central, I think it is, for my English channel. Uh, I do one for my Spanish channel as well, uh, as well same day. Perfect, perfect. All right. So I'm going to recommend again to everyone to go get uh, Fernando's uh, newest book, The Street Survival Skills. Um, it's a lot of great practical preparedness. That's one, one thing that I love about you, Fernando, is you're very, we were talking about balance, you know, having the balance uh, aspect of it, and you're very balanced in all of that. Thanks. So uh, really appreciate all that, and thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast. Tosh, fantastic to talk with you again, and until next time, man. Kyle, Take care. All right. God bless. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much, Fernando, for being a part of this episode. A uh, lot of great information, and I hope that you uh, enjoyed it and you were able to add to your preparedness. Guys, that's it for episode 635. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app and then or head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, you can always head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on the 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.